Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. Today, we have one of the most exciting guests we've had on the show design-wise. We've had a lot of important people as far as realtors and things like that on the show, but I'm really excited to have my friend Gary Lewis is a landscape architect, and he has worked on everything from celebrity homes to large hundreds of thousands of square foot commercial projects. So he has a lot of wisdom to add to your custom home experience. So please enjoy this conversation. We're going to try to extract information to inspire you for what the landscape architecture of your custom home is. And Gary, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? And then my first question is going to be, can you explain landscape architecture as a a practice and what that means? Okay. First of all, I originally was a general contractor in okay. Atlanta, right, right. doing residential work, and it was mostly remodeling and renovations on historic homes, pre-Depression homes. It was really great stuff because it was so interesting. And then at one point, I decided, you know, actually, I loved the work. I hated the business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hated the business end of it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go back to school. So I went back to school, went to UF, and at age 52, I graduated with my landscape architecture degree. And as you said, I worked in a variety of different offices doing a variety of different things. And so I've done that for 15 years, and I just retired. Congratulations. And your grandfather as of? Two days ago. Two days ago. Okay. Very, that's awesome. Second part of my question is, can you explain landscape architecture i don't want to say versus landscape because they go together obviously but what the idea of thinking of landscape as architecture versus just putting a plant in the ground that's a loaded question i'm sure it could be hours or a whole podcast on its own yeah yeah. so everybody get comfortable this will be a (laughs) five-hour episode yeah you know one of the things is that landscape architecture has the word landscape in it yep and Immediately when people think landscape, they think plants. And that is definitely a part of landscape architecture, but it's way more than plants. Landscape architecture can be master planning, regional planning, site planning, all sorts of planning. It can be hardscape. A lot of it is hardscape. In fact, most of it is hardscape. And by hardscape, I mean things like structures, patios, terraces, pergolas, pool decks, pools, motor courts, porticochers, parking areas, vehicular and pedestrian circulation. So that's how broad it is. It can be very large projects. It can be very small projects. Mm -hmm. Anything, like you said, anything from big commercial buildings down to homes. Mm -hmm. One thing I subscribe to, I don't know if it has the same name now, but it was Landscape Architecture Magazine, which I think is the one that you get if you're part of ASLA, which is American Society of Landscape Architects. Right. right? Yep. Yep. I'm always fascinated by, in all those things, the functionality 
part that that magazine goes into and the benefit of maybe like how certain ways of planting can help prevent water runoff and how like aesthetically that water runoff prevention can influence the building, but also like protect a paved driveway from eroding the area next to it and stuff like that. Right. And actually that's, I should have mentioned that we do stormwater management, Mm -hmm. grading and drainage. Often in a residential project, we will site the house and then we will do the grading and drainage so Mm -hmm. that, as you said, it doesn't obviously flow toward the structure, mm-hmm. doesn't flow over patios, decks, et cetera. But also, one of the things that jurisdictions require is that they want you to contain all of the rain, mm-hmm. precipitation that falls on your site to remain on the site. Yeah, that's a huge one for Florida, yeah. So you have to either build swales. Mm-hmm in your yard to hold that or stormwater on commercial buildings. They have uh, exfiltration systems, which are basically, what would you call them? Like a tank? Like essentially a tank underneath the ground that catches the water Mm -hmm. as it percolates into the tank and then it, it percolates into the soil around it. And the idea of a swale, can you explain that? A swale, a berm is basically a hill. Mm -hmm. A swale is... The converse, it's basically, it's a trench, but typically you don't want it to look like a a trench. You Mm -hmm. want it to be subtle, but it's basically just a low spot that catches water runoff. And like you said, a lot of times you plant that with water-loving plants, littoral plants, which are plants that grow around a uh, body of water, depending on how much water it holds. And also what that does is as contaminants are coming down toward that, Mm -hmm. all the vegetation actually basically slows down the water. And so the contaminants are stopped and it keeps them from going into the water bodies. Yeah. So it's funny because as you're saying these things, I'm getting like idea of like layers of not just functionality, but of types of plants. So like beauty in a way. So I liked how you're saying like slows down the flow of the water or it can help guide it. What was the term you said? Littoral? What is it? Littoral plants are plants that you would see around the edge of a pond that that are typically that grow in the water. Yeah. They could be like like some sort of some lilies and grasses that, that can have what we call wet feet. Okay. But also can stand to be a little bit dry if that happens. Mm-hmm. So they're basically transitional plants. Yeah. Okay. I like. Okay. So transitional. I like that. So okay, you got me thinking about something. The sun has a particular path, right? And then sometimes one thing I can get caught up in is, as a minimalist, I am like I want very few different things. But one thing I've come to learn from working with landscape architects is. The sun treats all four sides of the building differently. And so how does that come into play, like the amount of shade and light and stuff like that that comes into play with the landscape architecture? Well, that's a yeah, that's a huge part of it. When we're building structures, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we're building a pool, we want to orient it Mm -hmm. so that the sun shines at the area where people are going to want to be on the deck 
Oh, like and sun, be sun bathing the, or something. Yeah, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and be in the water. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we're not going to put it on the the north Build the side. In the shade. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Huh. You know, of a building because that's going to be shady. That's not a good place for a pool. Yeah. So we always look out for that stuff. Mm -hmm. We also in the vegetation we have to use plants that are sun loving in the sun mm -hmm. plants that are shade loving in the shade and you know everything in between mm -hmm. and one thing uh guy i worked with while i was in school yeah he, he used to tell me gary in florida shade is huge shade is huge and uh so we'll plant trees large trees large yeah. shade trees mm -hmm. in places where we want to shade the house or shade elements other elements in the landscape mm -hmm. so that's that it's funny i feel like you have like a vivid memory of the guy saying it and that that uh stuck in your head <laughs> that's, that's good he was very animated yeah, when he said yeah. that. yeah <laughs> that's cool before we started recording you said something to me that was interesting which is we're talking a little bit about like the technical aspect of like handling water or like the way plants grow around the site, but picking all those things in addition to their functional impetus is the story of the person with those plants. And you talked about kind of building people's, you said ego, which I kind of like, cause we all have like a, in this life, we all have like what we perceive of ourselves. So can you talk a little bit about like people's ideas or themselves in the, in the landscape architecture? Yeah, actually, uh, an, a way to say that mm -hmm. is that, for instance, when you design a kitchen yeah, and then the builder comes in and builds the kitchen, mm -hmm. right, and it's completed, the homeowner, <laughs> you know, comes in and, and says, look at the kitchen I did. Mm -hmm. You want to do something that the client, the homeowner can embrace as their own. Yeah, they so, internalized it basically is what you're saying. Right. Like, yeah. So every element, regardless of whether it's plants or hardscape materials, pavers, pool design, pergola design, yeah. whatever it is, you always you do conceptual designs and you go back and forth with the client to find yeah. out what they like, what they don't like. As far as plants go, mm -hmm. What I typically do, of course, right from the get-go, I say, what plants do you like a yeah. lot? What plants do you not like a lot? Yeah. And oftentimes, they don't necessarily know that, but they know types of plants. Yeah. So after we decide on a plant palette, mm -hmm. which are the plants we're going to use, we'll do a an image board of different plants, yeah. and we'll show the client, okay, these are the plants we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. What do you think of these? Yeah, I like that. So you have a, it's like you could pick a paint palette in, or you could pick, um, like you mentioned, a kitchen, all these different ideas that would be the, the way the kitchen is going to come together. The same you do with the landscape architecture. You probably have the hardscape palette or the plant palette. And those become kind of like the brushes that you are using in the site work to merge with the, the vertical part of the structure. So I, I like, I've never, maybe in my subconscious, I've thought of it like that, but I like thinking of it. It's funny because I'm thinking about when I would walk by Gary and the other landscape architect's desk and you guys would be doing stuff in Photoshop and mm -hmm. you're like, the trees in the landscape plan in Photoshop, they almost look like the brush tool in Photoshop and you're like bringing down 
uh, Cluja or something on the thing. So it actually does kind of look like brushes when you're drawing it in Photoshop. Right. Clients like to see a visual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you give them oh, yeah. renderings of what the structure's going to yeah, look like. Yeah, I try to find a, a, the close of a 3D model to the plant that you guys are thinking as I can for the... And, <laughs> you know, the, the, an interior designer uh -huh. will do a lot of those image boards yeah. and materials boards mm -hmm. and... You know, either they will or the designer will, the architect mm -hmm. will try to do renderings of interior spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So it's come a long way. I mean, some of the programs I use, I mean, they, yeah, the, it's, it's amazing. I, you can actually like type the type of plant you want and they have like, you know, pretty decent 3D model of quite a number of actual stuff. And, you know, for a long time, we used to just like cut out a picture you know, from a, a image online and stick it in 2D, you know, still image or something. But yeah, it's gone a, gone a, a long way. I'm just going to take a minute to tell a story and then you can tell me your side of it. So this is just one of my favorite stories. So I thought it'll be fun to talk about. But Gary and I worked at an office together and near the time that both of us were uh, going to leave that particular office to go do other stuff, we got put on a presentation together. <laughs> And we get there. We didn't know. Well, I think you had worked on the project. Right. And I was just put on it. And they were like, hey, you need to go to this city council meeting and present the project. And I'm like, OK, so I'm researching the project. And I come to find out that it's like a competition. And the person that we're competing against is like the former partner at the firm right. we were at. Yeah. So it was kind of like a rivalry thing. And we get there. And I'm presenting somebody else's project, honestly, because I was at the firm and that person had a, a, another presentation at the same time that day. And it's me, Gary, and like the client, I think it was it. It was right. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was me, Gary, and the client. And then the other team had like 15 people. And so we get up there and I'm going to present. And I just presented like some facts because, you know, I was just trying to get through the presentation. And uh, the other people had gone before us and it was like all the people had this great information. And then Gary gets up and presents the landscape. And, you know, I think there was like some residential buildings and like a city park next door. So you presented it. And I do have a point about this story. But Gary presented it and how the park was going to be integrated into like the facade of the building and be used, I think it was like to have movies and stuff outside and then also protect the neighbors from like distraction with the landscape. So we go to lunch. I feel like, you know, we're thinking, oh man, they had so many people. It looked like they're more substantial <laughs> company or something. And we're like, at least my mind was like, we're dead in the water. And I think the client, you could see him like sweating at lunch. So we come back in. And they're, uh, the city council's voting, and just one by one, every single city council person voted for our project, but the comment they kept making was that the other building just looked like a big, cold <clears throat> building, and the design that Gary had done was something that looked respectful and integrated with the area around it, and it would be more pleasing for people in the city walking around or hanging out in that park. So we ended up winning and it was just like the weirdest feeling ever. But I think that's the power of the landscape architecture because I don't even know if the other t team had a landscape architect with them. I don't remember. It was like real estate agent, the builder, bank, like all these different people. 
But that's what they got hammered on was the city didn't like that it was like just a building with no integration. So I guess my reason for the story is people's perception of landscape and how comfortable and drawn into a building it can make you feel if that part of the architecture is integrated. So yeah, that was a that was one of my highlights, I guess, of working at that company. Was, was doing yeah, that actually, that was an interesting experience <laughs> yeah. because both of us got called in yeah. at the very last minute. Yeah. And I had worked on the project, mm -hmm. so I was familiar with it. Yeah. You had no idea. You yeah. jumped in and just did it. I, yeah, that was, so, that was so funny. I can't so. imagine the stress of that. But you're right what you said is is right i had done a rendering and in landscape architecture we often do a bird's eye view yeah so we show the site it's color so you can see all the plants you can see all the hardscape mm -hmm. the pool or whatever the seating areas yeah and what people often don't understand is they'll look at a structure and what they see before they see the structure is they see what's in front of it. They see the site. Mm. And that kind of partially informs their view yeah. of the whole thing. It's, yeah. You know, I, I often uh, would uh, mention to the architects, um, they would originally do their drawing in Revit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in Revit, you're just operating in space so you basically have this structure yeah it's kind of floating around and mm -hmm. I, you know i would say just remember the building does not exist in a background <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and and real estate agents will always talk about street appeal yeah mm -hmm. and that's the landscape architecture that happens between the yeah. property line mm -hmm. and the building itself yeah yeah. It's funny, just this year, this is getting techie, but Revit, they totally changed the way the landscape, the modeling of the landscape tool works. And instead of being more like, I could equate it to paper before, now it's like clay. And I've used it on a recent house that we're doing because I just upgraded it. And it's much better as far as being able to integrate the landscape into the, the building because it actually treats it like a thing instead of like data, I guess, like. It, right. It's building a thing just like when you're building the footers and stuff in Revit. So that's a pretty cool aspect. One thing I want to mention right now, I'm in a series about the all the specifications for building a custom home. I'm kind of going through the specification numbers. And so landscape goes in division 32. And just in, in case you're keeping track of the actual numbers, <laughs> but if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, because this is going to be episode 50 something. And every episode, I try to bring it back to the point that every work of architecture has DNA and the DNA comes from the client and the client, it's their dream. And the one third of that is N, which is nature. And then the last part of that is the effects, which is building codes, budget and money. So what we're talking about today is one of the most critical parts of making work of architecture successful and that is landscape architecture. Taking all these things that Gary shared with us about handling stormwater, the environment, treating the plants different around the site, or the design of the landscape being kind of an extension of who you are, that's literally the key to making the whole project work. Like It's funny because you even just mentioned in the software, you know, you're like, 
the building doesn't just float on a background, right? That's how we can think of like, even when we draw an elevation drawing, you know, it's like you might just sprinkle a little plant and put a tree next to it, which that's not representative of how we experience life. We experience it in nature, even on a tight lot, you still have the way that it's interacting with land. So I hope that you guys are inspired by the thought that the landscape is a critical part of making your work of architecture successful in your custom home or your business. And uh, we look forward to helping you out with that. So if you are interested in starting your custom home, go to ca-rd.com and click book. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.